thank you for joining me for another Sunday Afternoons with Reverend Lucretia. I'm so glad you're here. And so if this is the first time that you are joining us, welcome. I'm so glad that you found our channel. So the name of today's talk is Thank You, Hold On. I'm going to take you for a ride. And the song is Thank You, Hold On by Mark Gazo. If you'd like to listen to the song before you hear the talk, just go ahead and click on the link below. It will be in the description. So we're going to be talking about the fact that we've been going through some really, really hard times and that the answer is two things. One, serving and helping others, and two, trusting God. We're going to be talking about that a lot. We're going to be talking about the fact that we found out that we desperately need each other to survive. We're going to be talking about Simon Sinek and his words on how to come back to normal after surviving the COVID trauma. We will be talking about Joyce Meyer and her power of serving others talk. We will be talking about scripture, and then we will close out with the words of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, living religion going beyond the eye. Remember always that when we're serving, we're talking about being the hands of God. So before we go any further, let's just go ahead and look at some of these lyrics so we can understand what a wonderfully perfect song this was for the talk that we're doing. Thank You, Hold On by Mark Gazo. So this is one song from the rock opera that he wrote, The Show, A Legacy of Redemption. I will be putting information in the description below so that you can find out more information about the show as well. Yeah, Jesus said, thank you. Hold on. I want to take you for a ride, but you're going to have to show me you care if you want to be by my side. Jesus said, thank you. Hold on. Don't you ever fear. You know that I love you always. I really want you here with me. Hey, hey, Moses got a job for you, said the burning bush on fire. Put on your shoes, dig up a stick. You're going to free some Jews before you retire. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Write down my laws and commands. Wander around the desert for 40 years. Hope you're not allergic to sand. Jesus said, thank you. Hold on. I want to take you for a ride. But you're going to have to show me you care if you want to be by my side. Jesus said, thank you. Hold on. Don't you ever fear. You know that I love you always. I really want you here with me. So we're going to be talking about the four themes. The first is hold on for the ride. The second is show me you care. The third is don't ever fear. And the fourth is I love you always. So we're going to be talking about COVID a lot. So, um, we're going to be talking about the words of Simon Sinek. He is an author and a coach. He is a writer of three books. He, his TED Talk that he did in 2009 is the third most watched TED Talk in the history of TED with over 40 million views. It has been subtitled in 47 different languages. Uh, three of his most popular books are Start With Why, Leaders Eat Last, and Together Is Better. So we're going to start this talk with the roller coaster part, and that will take us to the service part. Hold on, going to take you for a ride. So here we go, we're going to talk about COVID. Over the past 17 months, COVID is the largest single force of change that has happened in the entire world. There were all kinds of devastation, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, bringing changes in our life situations that we could not possibly have ever imagined. As of the writing of this talk, there were 4,859,283 lives that were claimed by COVID. We have been traumatized in ways we may not even realize. We're actually suffering. 
the symptoms of PTSD. There has been a lot of research done in the last year about how the pandemic has affected us, and it turns out that lots and lots of the symptoms are exactly the same as PTSD. So Simon Sinek was doing an interview, and he was asked about the effect of COVID on his life, and he says, that we've all become much more aware of mental illness. He said, before there was this idea that healthy, strong people didn't get, didn't suffer PTSD symptoms, didn't get mentally ill. But we understand now that people who were doing really, really well, who were stable, motivated, happy, functioning people still have been harmed by this pandemic in mental health ways that we never could have anticipated. And so it's not only people that have pre-existing mental illnesses that are suffering so much, but regular healthy Joe Schmoes walking down the street thinking they're fine are actually suffering in ways that we couldn't possibly have understood. He says, we all suffered trauma during COVID. Some dealt with it early, some dealt with it later, but nobody escaped it. So he called an active duty friend of his that was in the military and he said, how do I compartmentalize my emotions and stay focused on the mission, on the project, on the work that I'm doing? And his friend said, you can't, you can't. You can only compartmentalize for very short periods of time. No one escapes the trauma of combat. And then, as I said, they also referred that to being COVID as well. Maybe not while you're in it, maybe not when you first come home, but months later, you will show all of the signs of PTSD. So he called all of his type A friends and he said, we think we're fine, we think we're good, but we're all going to be hit by this at some time. And so we made a deal that when we feel like we're off our game, we would call each other and create this safe space. There'd be no crying alone. If you had to cry, you would pick up the phone. He called back that same military friend because he realized he was off his game, that he just wasn't functioning really well. He was setting goals and he wasn't able to make them. He wasn't being his normal self. He just felt like something was really wrong. And so he called his friend again. He said, tell me what your symptoms are when you suffer the trauma and then when you come home from combat. So he said, first, you fall out of your sleep pattern. You go to bed late for no reason and then you don't want to get up in the morning. Second, you have unproductive days. You come up with excuses and you say to yourself, it's okay, you need a break, you've been pushing yourself really, really hard, but you start taking more and more of those unexcused days off. Third, you become antisocial and you don't wanna to talk to anybody and you certainly don't wanna ask for help. He said, I realized what I was going through was trauma. I was afraid to use the D word, depression. A lot of people are afraid to use that word, but that's actually what I was going through. So he followed the rule and he called his friends. He asked my, his friend, how do I overcome this? And he said, you force yourself to get back into a sleep pattern, you force yourself to call your friends, and you force yourself to ask for help. So you come out of COVID, he said, recognizing the importance of the human connection. When COVID was happening, people were picking up the phone and calling each other and they were reaching out. They were desperate for connection, especially because they were isolated behind walls and they needed to hear a human voice. And so people were not just texting, they were actually picking up the phone and calling. And he's saying that's a really good thing that people need to continue to pick up the phone and, and make human connections as opposed to just texting. He said one of the things that happened was the families were home together and they were actually sitting around the dinner table and putting their phones down and actually communicating each other. And he said that's really important. 
There was an intense craving for the human voice and he was reminded of how fragile we are as human beings. When I was overwhelmed, I picked up the phone and I cried and others called me and cried. The most important thing of all of this was that none of us felt alone. There is, there was a sense of intense safety that we created. You can't feel safe when you're vulnerable, when you need it the most. That's when we have to build these relationships. So he says, build the relationships in the happy times so that you will be able to be there for each other in the crisis. You don't really know if you have loving relationships until the crisis strikes. Take the hardship for the friendships and trust to actually bear fruit. So when he was writing his first book, he reached out and talked to a lot of people in AA. He said it's an absolutely marvelous organization and he has high respect for all of the way that they do things. And he says everybody knows the first step is to say that you're unmanageable, that your life has become unmanageable and that you're powerless. And he said some people know the other steps, but what they don't realize is that while the first 11 steps are really good, you can't stay sober without the 12th step. So the 12th step is service, helping someone else. He says there's an irony. When we need help, you help someone else who is struggling with the same thing as we are, and that's actually the most healing thing that we can do for ourselves. There is tremendous value in service. He said the human animal is a legacy machine working in a modern world, desperately needing each other to survive and thrive as much as we did when we were living in the small tribes of 150 people. We have to remember that humanity matters. Are you okay? Putting the phones away and having face-to-face -face talk to each other now that COVID has allowed us to be in each other's presence again is incredibly important. So he says it's okay to just generally ask people how are they doing and just start a conversation that way. He said that when people are really, really hurting, they don't like to be asked, how are you? Um, he said it's much better to actually start with a statement. So like something's wrong. You're not yourself. I'm worried about you. So if you have a friend and they're struggling and you feel like they're not okay, instead of just asking, how are you? Because they're just going to say they're fine. Say, you know, I'm really worried. Something's not right about you. Something's different about you. And I'm really worried. He said the most important thing is the goal is not to try to solve the problem but to create a safe space where you can have a conversation where they'd be willing to open up to you so Joyce Meyer talks a lot about helping each other she actually says that the greatest way to be thankful to God is to do something for someone else she says the word servant has an unpleasant even a belittling feeling we see it as unimportant as a low position Jesus said it is actually the greatest position of all he that is the greatest is the servant of all in your heart, you must make a commitment to serve God and to serve others to make their lives better. She said you actually need to be aggressive in looking for ways that we can serve and or help people. The more we do that, the less we have ourselves on our mind. And the less we have ourselves on our mind, the better we're going to feel. Whatever may be your task, it's not important what job you have. We are to work at it as if the work is being done for the Lord and not for man. The one thing is to remember that you are actually serving God. Every time you help another human being, you are actually serving God. She says, when was the last time that you sat for 15 minutes and pondered prayerfully what can you do for somebody else you will get the answers and you will get really excited and we know when you get really excited that's actually the spirit of god in you that's when the spirit of god is coming forth when you say thank you god for what you've done in my life ask show me some way that i can be helpful today this will maximize your joy and add to your life we are so focused on what we want and we need but that doesn't actually increase our peace or our joy in the midst of your own deal you are going through, say this, 
this is hurting me and hard for me and I've prayed about it but while I'm waiting for the answers and I'm waiting to get a breakthrough show me somebody else that I can be a blessing to in Galatians 5:13, it talks all about the fact that we need to serve one another that you cannot separate love from serving and giving so when you're going through a challenge remember you may feel like what's going on with you you can't understand it but remember that it's not your job to understand it she says when everything in your life is shaking only real answer is to trust god and to keep on trusting you need to remember that when you're going through now you can't understand it all later on it will make sense remember in the song it says don't you ever fear you know that i love you always so it's about trusting that even though we can't see the end of the road we have to trust that god wants only our best and highest good a lot of things that you think are terrible actually in reality are good what isn't good can change into something good so remember all of the hero stories i talk a lot about hero stories and you can see that people go through these horrible horrible experiences that they can look back on and say how horrible but they were transformed in the midst of them and so remember that sometimes something good can come out of them but you have to trust god she talks a lot about the fire of god when the fire of god comes into your life it's going to be painful because before it's going to be pleasant but in the song it says we're going to take you for a ride and you just have to understand that you have to get through that ride so she talks about the fact that she was in pain for long periods of time that she had very very severe long lasting back pain and she eventually had to have hip replacements but the pain lasted for over 20 years she said it was physical but it was also emotional but the pain she realized can transform she said, ask for the prayer, send your fire. Shake everything in life that can be shaken so that only what remains is what is steadfast. God, you do what you want to do in my life. You know, we always talk about thy will not mine be done. No matter how many pieces your life in, is in, with God's help, you can always rebuild it. God will find somebody he can love you through and he will meet your needs if you just trust him. Remember, God works through people, us, we are his hands and feet on the ground. He works through us to show love and to do healing. Trust in the Lord and do good. That is a two-step plan. While trusting God, you are sowing good seeds in somebody else's life. You can't fix your own problem, but you can help somebody else. Being a harvest in your life from the seeds that you sow. No matter how bad off you are, you can always find something to do for somebody else. So let's go right into scripture from there. 2 Corinthians 9.12 says, So two good things will result from this ministry of giving the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God Colossians 3:23. whatever may be your task work at it heartily from the soul as something done from the Lord and not for man remember we were just talking about that Galatians 5:13. for you brethren were called to freedom only do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or an excuse for selfishness but through love you should serve one another and Psalm 37, 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Those were the words came from. Joshua 24, 15, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And Psalm 118, 6, the Lord is for me. So who will I have to fear? 
So we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, the work of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. Service was always part of the journey. So uh, there was an article read by Reverend Kelly Izola. She is a teacher and uh, she teaches wholeness classes and healing classes at Unity Village. She also writes books. Um, and she reminds us that Myrtle, who is the co-founder, had TB and her prognosis was very, very bad and she was able to heal herself through her prayer work and that's how all of the prayer ministry started. In 1886, she went to a lecture and it was not just heal thyself, but heal life collectively. So Myrtle wrote the book, How to Let God Help You and Myrtle Fillmore's Healing Letters. She says, any healing experiences must include being in service to others, offering your gifts, helping others see their own divinity and giving of your resources. In the healing letters, she writes, we need to round out to develop all our faculties and powers to do that which brings us closer to humanity and that which increases what the world needs most. The fifth principle of unity is it is not enough to understand spiritual principles. We must live the truth that we know. Being of service to the world, to all forms of life, is the other half of the equation for healing and wholeness. If I believe in the interconnectedness of all life, then my spiritual growth, health, and well-being is informed and in part determined by yours. I can't operate in a vacuum. Charles called unity a living religion learning and practicing spiritual principles for meaningful and abundant life. So uh, she had access to Kelly, Reverend Kelly had access to a lot of Myrtle's unpublished works because she worked at Unity. And so she read them all and she came up with this understanding that throughout the writings, she talks about the fact that we exist to express God. In 1890, she wrote, Myrtle wrote, we are creation. We exist or show forth our creator. Exist means to show forth. We were told that all those seeking healing, being in service is a necessary part of the healing journey. That is what going forth means. We don't just focus on the inner world. We are to do what humanity needs most, she says. It's about going beyond affirmations, outside the four walls to be in service. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies you. Consider honestly and impersonally just what there is greatest need of where you are or elsewhere, and then ask the Father to help you get into that line of expression and service. Charles said, blessings of every kind in mind, body, and affairs come to us when we consciously serve as the hand of God. The very act of giving opens our mind to the truth of all life. The mind is thus released from pressures that would otherwise block the inflow of God's blessings. Knowing our hands to be the hand of God, holding consciousness all the ideas of God, such as life, intelligence, love, faith, understanding, and wisdom. Serving consciously as the hand of God, we share divine substance with others, and such giving causes our affairs to show forth more prosperity, success, and harmony. So here's what I know. COVID is the most destructive force we have ever witnessed in our lifetimes. Millions of people have died. There are casualties in many other areas. There's been loss of income, loss of stability, but also emotional and spiritual exhaustion. Never knowing what was going to go wrong next, a feeling of constant fear and gloom, and a feeling of constantly being in a state of combat. We all experienced trauma. As I said, there is research now that shows that many people are suffering the symptoms of PTSD because of COVID. Probably the biggest trauma is being separated from each other and isolated. 
And in the worst case scenario, even worse than that, being separated from your faith in God. We learned that we need each other to feel whole. Part of getting back to whole is by helping and of being service to others, healing our sense of isolation, and with that, we get back to trusting God. If you are not fully there yet, remember that this is a journey. It is not a one-time event. I'm going to take you for a ride, the song says. It's a roller coaster, but always remember always the other words. Don't you ever fear. You know that I love you always. God lives in us, around us, everywhere that we go. He lives inside of each of those people that we serve as we get closer to God and to each other by giving of ourselves from our hearts. Thank you, God, for loving us so much. And thank you, God, for the ride. And so it is. Remember at all times, the power is in you. It always has been, and it always will be. I really would like to hear your comments. If you were impacted by COVID in ways that I haven't described, please let us know so that we can join a community and help each other. Were there financial, emotional, psychological, physical strains that you went through? Did they leave a mark on you that you're just now discovering how to deal with? This is a community and I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much. I send you on your way with many blessings.